love preaching at this church. I love this church. And obviously, it's really full today. So obviously, everyone else loves this church, too. Um, But I'm really excited to be closing out this series. I say this every time I preach, but this has been my favorite series yet. It's actually really funny. Um, Ava Jo, BJ and Lisa's daughter, just had her first big, she was just a star in um, Little Women a few weeks ago, and Will and I went every night, and every night we're like, this is your best performance yet, and I meant it, it was, and that's how I feel about the sermon series at this church, they're all the best ones yet, but um, BJ has been talking for about five or six weeks on um, different life verses in him and Lisa's life, and for me, this is so transformative, right, the fact that you can take one verse out of an entire Bible and it changed your life is amazing. If there is anything I've known my whole life, I mean, I've always been raised a believer. I've always been raised a Christian and I've always known the importance of the word. But when you actually let the word like change your life, it will actually change the course of your entire life. Like you can take one verse and I've been actively doing this for about a year. So about a year, maybe year and a half ago, um, well, no, it's been about two years. Will and I were going through like a really hard season. And so I just Googled, man, Google is awesome. Like 50, 60 years ago, people couldn't just Google verses on their situation, but now we have like the power of the internet. So I just Googled verses on, and then I put in my situation. So I found all those verses and I literally wrote them on post-it notes, put them all over my house. Every place in my house, if you've been (laughs) during that time, you know, I'm not lying. Everywhere that we actively were, in my car, in my room, I did that. And that's just become like a habit now. Because those verses, I'm not lying, pulled me out of that season in my life. Like, because I looked at it every day, I meditated on it, it became a part of who I was. And so now, like, anytime I'm going through anything, like, if I wake up in the morning in a bad mood... I'm on my phone Googling, like, verses for a bad mood. Like, how do I pull myself out of this? I, if we're going through, like, a longer, harder season, it, I put those on my wall. And so then when it becomes a part of who you are, it's like your first response to a situation. You don't even have to worry about it anymore. Like, BJ and Lisa told me, Pastor Dean, who he was just telling you about, one of my favorite things that he says, it literally changed my life, is he said, your first response is what's in your heart. Like, your first response to a situation. Who all, like, you know, you have a car problem, and you're just, oh my gosh, so mad about it. You know, instead, I want my first response to the fact that we just needed brand new tires on our car to be like, I don't really care because I'm blessed according to his riches. That's what the Bible says. You know, like, when you have a reason to worry, I want my first response to be what the Word says. When, you know, when you have a re- when you're impatient, like, the Bible wants us to be patient. I'm going to talk more about that. So anyways, I have been meditating on this verse that I'm going to be talking about today for probably three or four months. And it's 12 words. <laughs> That's how, like, the Bible can change your life. I'm not exaggerating. It's probably been four months. And it's what I feel like is a very underused verse in the Bible. I feel like I don't hear a lot of people use it, and it's awesome, and it can change your life. But it's James 4, 7. BJ brought it up last week. He brought it up this morning. But it is submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Everybody say flee. 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 That was good. I was expecting to have to say, like, you know, say that again. That's what most pastors have to say, right? Flee from you. The Bible, the Word of God has an answer 
for every one of your problems. Like, if you've ever thought to yourself, I'm in this situation and I don't know what to do, that's good because the Bible has an answer for it. <laughs> like, he didn't leave anything out. I know that you might think that, well, they didn't have these problems 2,000 years ago. I mean, there's an answer for it because there's a root to it. There's not, it's not just like, well, I've got this thing at work and the Bible doesn't talk about it. Well, what's the root to that? Are you just stressed out and angry all the time? The Bible has plenty of answers to that right? So today I'm going to be finishing out this series with submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is a great verse to have in your arsenal. (laughs) You know, like if you think about it, I want to have all these verses and I've been working on this for like a year. This isn't just something, I probably say this every time I preach, this isn't just something that like you can put in the microwave and heat up for a minute (laughs) and then let it come back out. Like the Bible takes work, you know, I mean, everything in life takes work, really. Anything worth anything is takes work. I mean, I said this last time, I think, but BJ can run a five, or he does run a 5K every day. I cannot. And if I tried tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to. I probably couldn't run a mile tomorrow, actually, if I tried. I might be able to walk a mile, but I cannot run a 5K. But if I wanted to, I could do put in the work, and I could do it. And so, like, when these things are working in my life, and you're like, well... Yeah, yeah, yeah. might work for you, but doesn't work for me. I am not special. Our pastor's, pastoral staff here is not special or different than you. So when it's working for me, it will work the same for you. Everything I'm going to say today works for you. I just might have meditated on 12 words for four months. And, you know, maybe you have it. But you can start today, and it'll be great. So the first three words of this verse, submit to God. What does that mean? Well, BJ's been talking about this for weeks. So you should have a little bit of backstory on how we can follow the Holy Spirit's guidance in our life. BJ talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go over that. Although, if you weren't here, you should go listen to it because it was awesome. But I was, um, while I was meditating on this verse, I asked the Lord. I just asked the Holy Spirit, if you're ever confused about the Bible, which I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't know what that means. Well, first of all, you can pray in the Spirit. If you don't pray in the Spirit, you should, and we'll have prayer ministers to pray with you after. The second thing you can do is Google it, um, but you might get some weird theology. I don't know. The third thing is that's why we have pastors in our church. You should ask them. I ask them all the time. I'll come into work. I'm like, I read this this morning, and I can't figure it out, and I've read it four or five times. So I ask the Lord, like, what does it look like to you, Holy Spirit, to submit to God? And I heard him say, be in submission to my word. That's what he gave this to us for, is to be in submission to it. So how are you in submission to his word if you don't know it, right? So if you want like the good stuff of this verse, which is that the devil's going to flee from you. And man, I want the devil to flee from me. He is not allowed in my house. I'm going to say this a lot today, but he's fleeing from me. Like he's not just taking off like... I'm going to leave her alone like she's getting on my nerves. Like the Bible says he takes off running in the other direction from me, right? So if you want the good stuff of this verse, which is that the devil's going to flee from me, that's the good part, then you have to submit to God. You have to be in his word, right? How do you know his word? Well, first of all, you have to make time for it. I know a lot of people in here, and I'm not saying I'm not doing it because I'm doing it, watch way too much TV, watch way too much um, TikToks on your phone, 
I get so embarrassed when I get my like screen time at the end of the week, which our baby monitor is on my phone, so I really hope that most of that screen time comes from having the baby monitor up and that I'm not actually like scrolling on TikTok all that time. But I know a lot of people in this room can definitely say, I spend too much time consuming anything other than the word, right? And I hear people like tell me, and I like, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this, I am definitely Definitely not. But I'm saying that if you're telling me I am depressed, I am anxious, I am going through this really hard thing with my family, my home is in chaos, I'm saying that maybe it's time to turn off your screens and use that same energy into the Word, right? Like, stop. I just told you to Google verses, but stop Googling everything else. How do I get out of anxiety? How do I get, like, what's the newest natural da-da-da-da-da? I've got this thing going on in my life. What, how do I get it? No, just look to the Word. I promise you there is an answer for it, right? So first and foremost, you have to make time in your day. I don't have any time. That's a poverty mentality, okay? You have time. I'm pretty busy and I have plenty of time during the work. Sometimes you just need to go to bed earlier. Get up at 5 a.m., spend time with the Lord. That is something I, since I had a baby, I know the moms in here, it's very hard to get up before your baby because you are very tired, right? But I heard the Lord tell me it is time to get up before your house. So I wake up before my house now, I go to bed earlier, I have to tap into a little bit of self-control, because I like sitting on the couch at night and watching an episode of whatever I'm watching, but then I get up earlier, and I'm up before my house, and I'm spending alone time with the Lord, it's changed my life. Like, sometimes we just have to exhibit a little bit of self-control, make time for the Word, right? So then you read it, and then, obviously you have to read it, or you can let it talk to you on your phones now, which is kind of awesome. I haven't found that helpful for me, but maybe it'll be good for you. Um, But then you have to meditate on it. This is the hard part. This is the part I don't see people do. Is they're like, well, I read it. It's not really making any sense to me. I don't get it. Read it again, okay? You probably have something else in your mind going on that you're not actually like grasping what's happening or what he's saying. But then you can't just read it and move past it. I'm serious. I will take a verse and meditate on it for a year. (laughs) Like... And I meditate on it so much that it is truly my first response to a situation. I'm not saying that every situation, I am no longer in worry. I am never afraid of a situation. I'm not saying that. That would be silly. I'm on a journey that I want to one day, because I believe it, okay? I am 100% positive, 100% that this is true. And if this is true, then I am 100% confident that God wants me well. I am 100% confident that he wants me to prosper. I am 100% confident he doesn't want me anxious or afraid or in worry. I am 100% confident. So if I'm not seeing that work in my life, it's on me. Like, God, I preached a whole message on this last year, but God is never the variable. And I am so thankful for that. Like, I, I think, because I used to think it, most of the church thinks that way. If I'm anxious, God has not given me peace yet. I'm still waiting on it, right? If I am, you know, not prospering, I'm waiting for God to send me money, which, by the way, 
do you expect him to write you a check and send it to you in the mail? You got to work. But anyways, most of the church is waiting on God to do something for them when he did it 2,000 years ago on the cross, left us his word, and then said, you do it, right? And so if, I, if something is, I'm so thankful, because honestly, I have, been, I have trained my mind, and I'm going to give an example here, but I have trained my mind that if something is going wrong in my life that I really don't like, I've trained my mind to say, okay, Lord, where am I missing it? Because I can't change God, nor do I want to, but I can change me. That's good news. And if you don't think you can change yourself, you can change yourself, right? It just might take a little bit of work. Like, I would like to run a 5K, but I haven't put in the work. Like, that's on me. Nobody else can run for me. That'd be weird. Like, nobody can lose the weight for me. Nobody can, you know, make me stronger. Nobody can put this in my head. And, man, God's not going to smack you upside the head with the Bible and make you believe it. You have to believe it. And if you're not believing it, you got to meditate on it. you got to put it in your heart. you got to say, this is going to be my first response to worry. I am not going to worry. Man, it's been probably two or three weeks ago. We were actually at a staff meeting, and I got an email, and something just came up, and, and I got into worry. And I was like, haven't gotten to that much worry in a really long time. And I just just thought to myself, I'm going to go like to TJ Maxx and walk around, you know, and I spent two hours just walking around, got a coffee, trying to make myself feel better. And then I got in the car and I'm like, I just need to hear from the Lord. Like the TJ Maxx isn't going to help me. So I got a word from the Lord and I was immediately better, immediately better. And I got home and I was so mad at myself. I was like, I wasted two hours of my day. Like I could have went home early and spent more time with my baby. And I wasted two hours of my day being anxious. What a waste of time, right? We don't have time for this. We don't. Like if you think you have time to be anxious, you don't. And I love you, but you don't. Like we have time. Like God, that is not God's best for your life. It's not. His best is for us. And I believe that. Like I believe it from the bottom of my heart. Like says that we have what 120 years promised in the Bible so I want those okay all of them and I'm gonna be kicking until then okay and changing the world on the way but I believe those next uh, 90 years that I can be a hundred percent well a hundred percent worry-free a hundred percent not anxious and a hundred percent prosperous and everything else in between I believe that so that means I get to work really really hard to get there like, I'm not expecting God to do the work for me. He already did it. And then he sat down on the cross. That's awesome. <clears throat> so submit to God. Man, we see Jesus one time have to resist the devil, really, I mean, that we see in the Word. And that's in Matthew 4. A lot of us know this story. Matthew 4, I'm going to start with um, verse 1. Then Jesus went and out into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, so talking about submitting to God. He was led by the Holy Spirit. BJ talked about that last week. To be tempted there, um, to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he ate nothing and became very hungry. I would also be very, very hungry. If I skip one meal, I think I'm starving. Then the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, change these stones into loaves of bread. Okay, so let me just pause here because thankfully Jesus knew the word. So the devil comes and barely twists the word to Jesus. And now his, like, if you don't know the word, when the enemy attacks you, he can attack you with the word. And he just twists it around. It makes it bad. 
BJ talked about Job last week. I love talking about Job because a whole segment of a church has created a theology based around one inaccurate thing Job said about God, right? And so this is why it's so important that we know what the word actually says because the enemy can attack us with bad theology. And then your whole view of God is bad because you're thinking, well, I've had people say it to me. Trust me, like I, Will and I, we had, a, we had a loss before we had Jolie. It was a really hard season of our life. And I had people say to me, well, God gives, God takes away. And man, I was mad. Like, I did not like that. Don't tell me that. God did not take from me, right? But if I wouldn't have known that, the enemy could have used that one comment to change my whole theology. That's how people have it. And then all, and all of a sudden, we're down the road, and their view of God is like, well, God just takes from me. God takes from it. That's sad. God's only a good giver, right? So I'm pausing there. Going to continue. But then Jesus told him, no. I love that Jesus is like, "Mm mm-mm. So he's resisting the devil here. The scripture says people need more than bread for their life. They must be fed by the word of God. Jesus resisted. He does this two more times after this. He resists the devil with the word. Why would we try to do it any differently? I don't want to do it any differently. I'm going to do exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was tempted by the devil. He resisted the devil with the word of God. You have to know it. You know? I mean, I, I, I think this might just be like my life's like work is to help people. You just have to know the word. Like, I've had people say to me a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm just not really good at remembering things. And I'm like, well, you're very good at remembering your favorite song. And you're very good at quoting The Office to me because you've watched it a hundred times. And you're very good at quoting me your favorite, you know, maybe Disney movie or whatever that you love. But I want you to love the word that much. Like this verse, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from me, has been like a song in my head for like four months. Like I'm not kidding. All day I'm just hearing, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he over and over and over because it, it is helping my authority. About six months ago, I asked the Lord, like I said, I'm training my brain to say, Lord, what am I missing here? I asked the Lord, what am I missing? And I heard the Lord say to me, you don't really know your authority. Like you have to know. And so that's when I got to this verse, which is my authority that I'm telling the devil to flee from me. I'm not submitting to the devil. Uh Uh-uh. I don't even like talking about him, okay? This is like maybe one of my lesser favorite times I've preached because I don't like talking about the devil. I mean, I love to preach, and I love preaching this because you should know, and it's going to change your life. But I don't like talking about him. He has no authority, no power in my life, right? So if we are submitting to the Lord, then we get to resist the devil. Next three words. How do we resist the devil? First of all, by the word. But sometimes we have to recognize what our place is in this, right? So the first thing is that you could be inactively, possibly compromising, making friends with evil in your life. (laughs) And I'm not just talking about like something really bad and scary and evil. I'm talking about what BJ talked about a few weeks ago there's envy and strife in your life. Like, that's not of God. 
and you're just like, well, I'm letting it stay there because, I don't know, maybe you don't realize it's there, or maybe you've made friends with it, or maybe it's okay to you. I have people say to me a lot, well, that's just how I am. Man, is that not everybody's favorite phrase in the world? That's just how I am. I am how I am, and that's how I am, right? You have the ability to change that. Do you just want to live like that? Like if you walk, okay, if you walk into your house and it's pure chaos and you're like, I'm, I mean, I, I got a lot of kids in here. It's chaos in here. I'm not having chaos in my life, okay? And kids aren't chaos. If they're running around just having fun, like sometimes we just have to change our mind about, you know, kids. They're just kids. They're having fun. But there's, if you're having issues in your life and you're like, well, that is just the way it's going to be. Sometimes, you know, have you ever been around those people that you feel like they're about to blow a fuse at any moment? Those are normally people who recognize the anger in their life and they're just not going to deal with it. Sometimes we're like that. I mean, I can't tell you a lot of people that don't just blow a fuse sometimes. But that is up to me to resist the thoughts in my mind. I'm like, okay, I need to stop right now. I'm getting angry. I am going to resist those thoughts in my mind because I don't think that every physical thing that happens is the devil. I don't think he has even that much authority. I'm not saying every time you're sick, the devil's attacking you. Maybe he is. I don't know. I can't explain all that. If your car breaks down, I'm not saying that's the devil. What I am saying is the devil uses just about every situation <laughs> to get in our minds about it. So your car breaks down and your mind goes to worry and fear and how am I going to pay for this? That's the devil. That's what we're resisting. We're resisting the evil and negative thoughts that are coming against us. 90% of how we're dealing with things are in your mind. You know, go, I had a headache. And it wasn't a big deal, but it is a big deal because I don't want to have a headache. <laughs> I don't want to have a headache. I don't want to have like anything going on in my body. I don't want to have a cold. I had a cold last week that took me out for like three days. I was so mad. And, I'm, and literally after I had a headache, it took me out all day. I guess it was a migraine because I was in the bed all day. And on Sunday, I asked the Lord because that was Saturday. And I'm like, I wasted my whole day yesterday like being in the bed. I hated it. I said, why did that happen? Like, what am I missing? And I heard the Lord say to me, plain as day, you didn't resist the devil. Plain as day to me. I'm not saying that's every situation. I'm saying that I'm training my mind to ask the Lord, where can I grow in that area? And that's when that verse, I'd already been meditating on it. So I already knew it. And then I'm like, okay, that's right, but how did I not resist the devil? And that's because my head started hurting when I woke up that morning, and I was like, oh, God, I have a headache today, immediately, instead of resisting it. And what's funny is that I told BJ and Lisa this, but the week after, I woke up with the same thing, and I literally was like, uh-uh, before I even got out of bed, I do not have time for this today. I am not going to have a headache. I'm not going to have a migraine all day today and spend my day like this. I am resisting this sickness. And I got out of bed and had no pain. That was the difference between even a week ago. Because I resisted the devil. And he reminded me of a verse. And we all pretty much know it. It's in Matthew. Um, I don't have it near me. But <clears throat> maybe it's up there. But it's 
whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven, and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. A lot of the translations say bind and rebuke. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. But the New Living Translation says permit and forbid, right? So sometimes, like I said earlier, that we are not resisting the devil because, A, we're inactively like kind of allowing it to happen, but second thing is the devil will only go as far as we will allow him to go. Nobody else is stopping him, right? So when it said forbid, that did something to me. I'm like, oh no, I am forbidding this in my house. Whether that be a headache or something major or something tiny, like if it's not in the word, I don't want it in my life, right? And so I started to get to a point where I'm like, I am forbidding forbidding this. That's on me. I'm going to forbid it. I'm not going to allow it, right? So good. So, um, you know, when I became a mom, something that somebody, people say to you a lot, like a lot, is be careful when you go out, right? Like, does any of my moms hear that a lot, especially when you have young ones? It's like, there are human traffickers everywhere. You hear it so much. They're just, and it's probably true. I don't know, but I, and someone recently sent me a story of something happened at a TJ Maxx and Still Creek, and I'm sure all these things are happening, but I'm just going to be honest. I've never thought about it. I don't really give fear a place in my life. Like, I don't, I'm not afraid to go out with Jolie, and probably because I, like, live in this swirl or whatever that I'm like if somebody tries to attack me like I'm just going to dispatch angels or that's what the Bible says I can do so I'm going to do that but I have thought about it what I would do if someone you know was going to like take my kid from me and here's what I would do I would go crazy like I would make the biggest scene you have ever seen anyone make I would be screaming I've First of all, I'm going to scream in tongues because that would probably freak people out. And they're like, I'm going to leave her alone. She's insane. Her kid's probably insane. I'm like, yes, I am. And, you know, it's funny because Andrew Womack always says, you probably think I'm crazy, but I think you're crazy. So I'm kind of living like that now, you know. I would make a scene. If I was in a store, I'd push everything off the shelves. Like, I'm going to go crazy, right? So that's naturally. And I know every parent in this room would do the same for their kid. There is no doubt in my mind that every parent in this room would do that. But super, in the spiritual realm, are we allowing stuff like that to happen? You know, like, parents, I love you and I'm saying this in love, but man, we are the authority over our kids. I am. (laughs) Me and Will are the authority in our house. Do you think my one-and-a-half-year-old has the authority to, like, speak to the devil? She can't even talk. I think she's talking in tongues, though. Because she's learning to talk right now, and it's really funny, and she talks literally with her tongue. But anyways, it's funny. You should watch her do it. So, um, so prob- maybe she does. But I know that more than her authority, Will and I are her authority in my home. And, you know, when something comes up, she's not going to say the words to resist the devil. I am. Parents, that's our place, okay? If you're like, man, my kids are always sick. They're at daycare, and they catch everything, and they get sick. It's time to start resisting that, you know? <laughs> like, I hope, I'm, I hope this is coming across in love, but we are the authority, okay? Like, Jolie, when we took her to her little appointments, 
the doctor, when we were introducing food, she, her doctor thinks we're crazy. Like, she does. I, I went in to her, she, I think she loves this maybe, but I went into her with this silly thing I had on my head, and I don't know, whatever. It was swelling up, and she said, I'm really going to need to remove it because it's going to keep getting infected. And I said, well, I'm not going to remove it right now. I'm not, I'm not there yet. She said, well, it'll get infected again. I, they all do. And I said, mine's not going to. I just look at her and tell her exactly the, like how I feel. So she asked me, she was like, how is Jolie responding to food? Do you feel like she's allergic to anything? How are you introducing her? And I said, I've never thought about it. I just give her whatever. I just give her food. Because one time she was having a reaction to something. And when I say that I was like, would make a scene, don't go into your house and make a scene. Like, don't go start, you know, yelling at the devil in your house. You don't need to do all that, okay? I looked at Jolie. She was making a little thing. I could tell she was having a reaction. I can't remember what it was because I don't really care. And I said, Jolene, we do not have reactions to things. That's all I said. And immediately all the swelling went down. All the redness left her face. That's it. And I don't even remember what it was. I'm going to give it to her again. Probably. I mean, I don't know. I don't restrict her from anything. I'm not having reactions to food. And neither is my kid. Because I'm not allowing it. Right? Sometimes we can make friends with things and not even notice it. Or I know it sounds bad. You're like, why would we make friends with the devil? I'm not saying you're making friends with the devil. I'm just saying that you say I'm an anxious person. And you say that over yourself. Well, I'm just anxious. I'm anxious. Or my least favorite thing that people do right now is wear on their shirts. Have you seen those? Like, especially for moms, it's like, I run off coffee and chaos, or I run off anxiety and Jesus. I'm like, oh, don't put those two things together. I don't like it. It's not cute. Some, somehow, our generation has made it very cute to be anxious. It's not. I want to walk in freedom. I don't have time for anxiety to bind me up and hold me down. I don't have time for that. I have, if you have time to be anxious, you have time to read your Bible. All right. I'm just kidding. I know it's not just something to move on from, but I am saying the Lord wants you well of that. I'm telling you, He does. And if you need whatever you need, however you need it, He wants you to be well of it. Amen. So this is my favorite part. Okay, so we are using the Word of God to resist the devil. We have to know the Word. We are using the Word against him. We are not making friends with evil. I believe that we can all resist every single evil in our life. We're not accepting things. We're using our words properly. Sometimes we don't do that. Do we all believe the Bible? Because, I mean, if the Bible is true, it says death and life are in the power of our tongue, right? And sometimes... This is a little side note, but I got to say it, okay? We sang this song this morning, Man of Your Word, right? It's a good song. We all want the Lord to be a man of His Word, right? Some of us need to be men and women of our Word, you know? I mean, sometimes our mind, I believe this, and I didn't know it until um, I heard Andrew Walmart talk about it. I'm not even going to take credit for this. But sometimes our mind doesn't believe us because we're lying all the time or we never show up on time we never do what we say we're gonna do or where our words are exaggerated you know those people they exaggerate everything you're like are you telling me the truth is there really that you know I say this a lot but it became kind of like a cute phrase to say I'm dead have y'all <laughs> like when something's funny you're like I'm so dead the Lord told me stop 
saying that. It's not cute. It's just not. Okay, I mean, I know I'm 30 and I'm sounding like an old youth pastor right now. Whatever, it's not cute. Like the teenagers say it and I call them out. I'm like, you're not dead, you're alive in Jesus and it's good. All right. He will flee from you. This is my favorite part. Okay, and I think I can wrap this up in like 10 or 15 minutes. We'll see. But have you ever wondered why the devil flees from us? Is because we have authority. That's good news, right? This verse is telling us we do. But if you don't know that you have authority, he's not fleeing from you, okay? You have to know this. And like I said, I mean know it. Like at the beginning of the year, when I asked the Lord, what am I missing? And he said, you don't know your authority. I was like, yeah, I do. At first I thought that. I do know my authority. And then I realized I don't think I actually do. Where does it say that in the Bible? And have you ever wondered where the devil got his authority, if he has any? It wasn't from God, okay? Some people think it was because he was an angel before. And so they're like, well, you know, God, like, lets him do stuff. I mean, he could stop him, and he, like, lets him. It's like, actually, no, the devil got his authority from the garden. Whatever he's doing, man gave it to him. And then God gave us our authority, So his authority is from nothing, nobody, nothing important, right? And ours is from Jesus? That's so crazy. Like, if you think about it, you know, with um, a few friends back in January, they probably, none of them probably believe quite like I do, and that's okay, and we were just having a good time, but somehow, like, scary movies were brought up. It was me and three others. They were talking about how they watch scary movies, and which I do not, by the way. I don't think anybody should. That's just my opinion. You don't have to take it, but what's the point, right? Whatever. That's just me. I don't like it. But anyways, they said, I really can watch anything scary except anything demonic. I was like, okay. And they said, we're really scared of like the demonic stuff. And I was just sitting there quietly because I don't want to be that person that's like, you know, preaching at everybody all the time. Or maybe I should. I don't know. I start preaching to people all the time. But So they looked at me and they said, does that not freak you out? And I said, oh, no, it does not. <laughs> and they were like, what? You mean the movies that have demonic stuff? Or they were like, what about, like, have you heard those stories of people, you know, that are in their houses and demons start throwing stuff around? I said, do you think I am going to let a demon come into my house and throw stuff that I paid for around this house? No, I am not. Okay? I paid for that. I mean, I worked for it. I paid for it. The Lord gave me my job, which is awesome. Uh Uh-uh. You're not breaking anything in my house. So if you're scared of it, that's silliness. Okay? Get it out of there. If you knew, if you really knew your authority, and I'm going to give you some verses so that you really know that, but if you like, the day I learned that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, it's hard to be scared of anything. He raised Jesus from the dead. He lives in me. That's crazy. I've spent years of my life trying to get that in me. Because it's really, really hard to truly believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. But I believe the word and that's what it says. So every day of my life, I'm not kidding. I'm trying to get that in my brain because it's really hard for my human brain to comprehend it. But good news is that one-third of me is wall-to-wall Holy Spirit, and he's helping me understand that, right? 
So in Matthew 28, we see Jesus who has just totally rocked it on earth, spent 33 years, died, rose again, and Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So we know Jesus, he has all authority heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, most of us should know this, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them, teach the new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus kind of gives it back to us, right? Like, he says, I have all authority, here and in heaven, where you're walking and on heaven, spiritual realm, unseen realm, physical realm, all of it. I have the authority, but I've got to go. <laughs> I'm going back to my father, and I'm about to chill, because he just worked really hard, okay? He just, he shows up, shows out, spends 33 years doing ministry. He has just spent three of those healing people, raising people from the dead, casting out demons, and then he has to deal with his little funky disciples that sometimes believe what's happening, sometimes they don't. You know what I mean? Like, he's got to deal with his friends. We've all been there. And so then he says, I'm going. And in fact, later on in Scripture, he says, it's actually better that I'm going because what's coming is, like, really good, which is the Holy Spirit. And it lives inside of you as a believer who has received the Holy Spirit. Right? So Jesus, who has all authority on heaven and earth, he says, I have all this. I'm leaving it for you with the Holy Spirit. So we have the authority of Jesus. The authority of Jesus. That's why the devil takes off running. He's not scared of me. He's scared the Holy Spirit inside of me, working inside of me. You know, if you think of a police or like a cop who's standing and waving down traffic, right? immediately we're all stopping. If there's a hundred cars coming and you see a cop directing traffic, we stop. Not at him, not because he has the physical ability to stop our cars, we could all run him over, but we know this cop has the authority to give me a ticket if I run him over. That's what the devil is doing from us. He's stopping, not because of me, (laughs) because he's like, that girl has the Holy Spirit and I am not messing with her. Right? He is, he hates hearing Jesus' name. The devil does not want to be going around hearing the word of God. So if I'm in my house, quoting the word of God all day, letting worship roll through my house, submitting to God, he's not going to want to hang out there. He's not going to want to cause chaos in my house. He's like, oh, I got to get away. I got to deal with somebody easier than this too hard. Right? He's about to flee from me. Yeah, so I skipped that. Sorry, it's Romans 8, 11, if you want to know that the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of every believer. That's such good news, man. I am so happy about that. So I'm actually going to go ahead and invite the band up. But BJ talked about this all last week, the past two weeks, of Romans eight twenty eight. It's such a good verse that God works everything for our good. All of it. When it doesn't feel good, he works it for our good. When it doesn't sound good, he works it for our good. Right? right? If we're partnering that in our minds with knowing that we have the power and authority to resist the devil, 
That is pretty unstoppable, right? We could be going around being the happiest people on earth if we keep practicing and getting that in our minds. Number one, God works everything for our good. Number two, if something's not good, I'm resisting it. And I'm not just talking about the, you know, standard big issues here of like healing or which are, of course, we're going to resist sickness. We're going to resist financial problems. But I'm talking about if you're like, I hate my job, like things are chaos there and I hate it. That's okay. It is not our, like people think they'll go home and pray, God, please change my job situation. Please change my husband. People be praying that I do it. Like when in fact the Lord's like, how about you change you? Right? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. If you hate your job, you can walk in with the joy of the Lord. Things are going to start changing real quick. Okay? Nobody can stay mad all the time when there's happy people in the room. And I'm just going to say this. I tell our teenagers this all the time. But Jesus had to be the happiest person ever. Do we think he walked around mad and bummed out all the time? I have been or I used to work. Not here. Not here. At my old job. I used to work with the most bummed out Christians in the world. And so I finally asked him, I was like, why are you so bummed out? Like, God's good, you know? And he tried to explain it to me and use some verse. And I was like, why don't you just be happy? Like, it's better that way, right? And we could be the happiest people in the world if we started marrying these two things together. Like, I might not be able to change every circumstance in my life, But man, I can resist the evil, negative thoughts about my situation that God is, I'm I'm sorry, that the devil is throwing at me because I know for it that I know that I know that God is going to make it good. I don't have to figure out how he's going to make it good either. Right? right. I don't have to. If you do, you'll start getting into anxiety and worry again. But what I do know is that I can change my response, my reaction to a situation I can actively resist the devil actively resist the evil that he's throwing at me and know that God is going to turn it to my good that is good good news so we're going to respond for a moment of worship and then BJ will come and close out our service